Hello, I'm Pamela Davis. Welcome to episode 65 of the Well Done Life podcast. episode 65 of the Well Done Life podcast. I'm your host, Pamela Davis. If you're new here, hey, welcome. Thank you so much for stopping by. I hope you stay a while. If you've been here before, thank you so much for continuing to listen. Your support means everything. I know that there's a lot of other voices out there, so I really appreciate you making me a part of the group that you love. Just before we kind of dive into everything, I always like to make sure that we set the intention and we also make sure that everybody knows why they're here. The Well Done Life podcast is about creating space for women to share our stories, learn and grow from each other. Um, I really believe women are the foundation of society. And I think that there's times where when we have wonderful conversation, when we share our experiences, the good, the bad and the ugly, We create space for women to grow and learn from each other. And I think that that's essential for our well-being as women and growth, but also for society. So this is about creating that space where we can come together and really share honest experiences. You've been listening to me for a little bit now, and I've had some wonderful voices in the past, and I'll have some wonderful voices in the future, but this is a space for you. So again, thank you and welcome. So we kind of got that out of the air. (laughs) Um, Before we dive into this week's topic, I definitely want to make sure that I set this off with some good positivity, some prayers, some good juju. So I want to send each and every one of you this week prayers of good health. Definitely praying for that for you because I know COVID is still real in the streets. And also um, I'm praying for you good mental health and physical health. Because mental health is just as important as your physical health. This is uh, National Mental Health Month. And uh, this week's topic kind of goes along with that line. But I definitely am sending you positive prayers and juju for that. Because I know that you're out here doing the very best that you can. Hell, I'm out here trying to do the very best that I can. And some days it's easier than others. But just know that all of your works are leading to great things and that there are wonderful things on the horizon for you. And even though you might be going through a season because there are some people out here going through some things, just know that you are supported and that you are prayed for and that you are cared for. And along that line, I really also like to continuously send a prayer of empathy into the world because I think that it is so important. I've talked about it before. Um, Just like truth, empathy is on attack. We cannot lose our, our humanity. No matter what we see going on in society, we have to be willing to look at each other and understand that we don't know what it's like to walk in someone's shoes. But if we take a moment to try to understand we may learn something about them and about ourselves that will help us all be great. So again, I send positive prayers of healing, of health, of love and prosperity and empathy into the world for you and for everyone. And like I said, COVID is still real in the streets. So make sure you're taking care of yourself. Be vigilant. I know, you know, we're all willing to get out here. We're ready. It's, all, it's about summertime. We're feeling, we're moving Still be vigilant. 
and just, again, take care of yourself and do what's best so that you can make sure that you're protected. So now that we kind of got that out of the way, like I said, we put some good positive juju in the air, which I'm so excited about because that's just so important to start everything in love. I want to kind of dive in a little bit uh, to this week's episode. And it's funny because it has been one of the hardest for me to write show notes about. And I don't know why. <laughs> I'm actually up kind of early. I was going to record last night, last uh, which was Friday night. But I fell out. <laughs> I literally just fell asleep. I was reading and I just knocked out and I woke up this morning. It's Saturday now, currently at about uh, five o'clock in the morning. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I didn't get a chance to record. My bed was still lined up because that's where I record. Don't laugh um, with my books and my notes and my computer. And I'm just like, OK, I guess this quick nap turned into some rest that I much needed. But that's cool because I think I'm ready. It's 5.56 in the morning on Saturday, uh, May, let me pull up my phone real quick, May the 22nd, because all the days are melding into each other. And like I said, um, it's National Mental Health Month, and this week's topic definitely goes along with it because I kind of started talking to you guys about, you know, how's your mental health in last week's episode. And if you haven't had a chance to check it out, I'm going to put it in the show notes. But this week, I kind of want to talk about one of the things that I discussed in last week's um, episode because I really, I've just been blown away by how magnificent this book is. And that book that I'm referring to is uh, Tarana Burke and Brene Brown's book that they collaborated on, You Are Your Best Thing. It's Vulnerability, Shame, Resilience, and the Black Experience. It's an anthology. And I kind of give a little backstory about Tarana Burke. Uh, she, <clears throat> excuse me, she has been an influential voice in the Me Too movement, but she is also uh, one of time's most uh, influential people and um wonderful author. Brene Brown is also an amazing uh, author. She has written many books. She has had conversations with Oprah, um, and she's also an educator as well. So having them both collaborated, collaborate as a black woman and a white woman on a black anthology book, I thought was beautiful because I feel like there's just so much that can be learned from reading this book not just as obviously detailing the experience of vulnerability and shame, resilience in the black experience, but also I think in this time as everyone is struggling to understand the power of empathy, the power of truth, being able to really absorb someone's truth is, is just a beautiful opportunity for learning. So I wanted to kind of talk about that because from a mental health space, it takes a lot to be vulnerable. Being vulnerable is just the most intimate, to me, act one of the most intimate acts of trust that you can give someone. Your vulnerability, your truth, your honesty. And it is so hard for people to be able to do that. For myself, I know I have struggled with being able to really share the deepest, darkest sides of myself. I, I remember in particular, and I've told people about it before, when I, I first started podcasting, I talked about, you know, how I kind of got to this point and the struggles that I had had with my mental health and the m moments where I felt 
very low many, many years ago to the point where I did think about suicide. I thought about suicide to the point where I would have done it, but I knew that if I died, there would be no one left to take care of my family. And that was the only reason that I didn't do it. And it had, and I, and let me say that again, because I, as I think about that, as I continue to process that, excuse me, it's my alarm waking me up. <laughs> um, that's that even in saying that is very vulnerable and honest for me. And I, I'm surprised that I'm actually still getting emotional about it even to this day. But I, I guess I, I never thought I would be that close to wanting to do it. And I was close. I really was. I really wanted to let it go and to give it up. But again, I didn't do it not because I valued my life. I didn't do it because I knew that I needed to make sure that my family was taken care of. And I think about that because I feel like there is a lot of people who get that low. And unfortunately, you you don't have that value of yourself. The only thing that pulls you through is having someone else that you know that you need to make sure is provided for. And that is a very low place. It is a very vulnerable place. It is essentially rock bottom. And when you hit rock bottom, to me, I made the decision to pull myself up. I called. I made. I did. I used my company's EAP and I found a counselor and I got myself together. But some people don't make those decisions and some people don't have those resources. And so you wind up having, unfortunately, other alternatives. And that is a very sad, sad place for someone to be. And so when I was reading this book, um, I saw moments of that from some of the people who have shared their stories in this anthology. And I thought that took so much courage. That takes it is. It's an act of bravery to lay your truth out there like that. And it is It is to be commended, but it's also to be learned from because we don't realize the power of truth. That's why it frustrates me when I see truth under attack and because you have to be so, you have to be kind of crazy not to see the beauty in someone's truth and not to be willing to try to learn from it because that person is giving you free game, essentially. They're telling you all the things that they went through, how they got to that point so that you can try to understand and glean from that experience why that does not have to be you. And that is, like I said, it is an act of true bravery. But like I said, back to this book, uh, You Are Your Best Thing by Tarana Burke and Brene Brown, Vulnerability, Shame, Resilience, and the Black Experience. This book is beautiful. And it is very daunting to be able to read and see how people have laid their truths bare and how I'm kind of like understanding by the time they get to the end of their their section of the anthology, how in that truth they found healing by being able to just lay it all out there, to be able to forgive themselves, to be able to rebuke shame, because those are the things that weigh us down. Like you tell the shame, but you, you or you only tell a piece of it. 
and you just keep holding it on because when we we hold on to shame when we are not able to be vulnerable it takes root in our soul and it wraps us up and then you wind up taking out your your shame your frustration on other people because you just don't feel like you can be yourself and i just like i said it, it's a really great story because it's it's so raw it really is. And being able to lay yourself raw is is very hard. So I wanted to kind of talk about that because, like I said, with Mental Health Month, that is really, to me, a lot of times where some of our, our, our mental health challenges get laid into. It takes root a lot of time in shame because, unfortunately, we've had some type of trauma that has been inflicted on us, be it sometimes in our childhood or in our adult life that we are just continuously carrying and we don't want to hurt anybody so we just keep hurt just keep hurting ourselves and so we have to create more spaces for people to be able to share their truth we have to create more spaces where we're willing to be honest with ourselves because a lot of us have all these friends that we like to call friends but we still don't give them our truth. And I'm not saying that as a judgment because I've been there. I fight in that space in a lot of instances myself. I'm one of those type of people, I've said it before, I compartmentalize my pain. So it is very hard for me to be able to expose my vulnerabilities at times because I feel like if I do if there is a possibility, I won't be able to come back from it, depending on how deep the, down the rabbit hole I decide to go. And unfortunately, I think when a lot of people are struggling with their mental health, they feel that same way as well. Because it's like, if I give someone this part of me and it just opens me up, what if I can't come back? And you have to be willing to find the strength and do the work within yourself to recognize that if you share this truth, it won't destroy you. And you have to feel that confidence in that. And that is not an easy thing to do. That a lot of times has to be done with the the help of a counselor, a good therapist. And like I've said before, I am an advocate for therapy. Therapy saved my life. And it has been um, a part of my journey for several years on and off um, because it doesn't, depending on your journey, it's, it doesn't have to be a consistent one. But I definitely recommend not saying that I'm an expert at this by no means. For myself, I have found that luckily as I have grown and matured and gotten real and comfortable with myself, my self-awareness of the kind of person that I am, how I'm feeling has really heightened. So I know when I'm off. And when I'm off, I'm extremely proactive to make sure that I check in with someone so that I can make sure that I stay level because I know the importance of my mental health. Like I mentioned, it is important for me to stay together because I have my family, but now at the same time, I recognize it's important to stay together for myself. And that's part of it also. We give so much of ourselves to so many people that a lot of times we are the last when we should be the first and you you just 
keep navigating through this thing called life. I mean, like I mentioned, outside is starting to open up again. We're all moving around again. And I think we all have to remember that when we initially sat down during the panorama, we sat down because that was something that was needed to be done. And during that time when we sat down, that gave us time to really tap into ourselves and to our families and really focus on living more present and not being so distracted by work or or by life or by going to this place and that because you couldn't you had to sit down and so we learned a lot of different lessons we have to be sure not to let throw all those lessons out the window just because outside is opening again because if not if we do excuse me you're going to wind up putting yourself back into the position where we were before and i know i don't know about you guys but i was overworked and stressed out. Yes, I was traveling and doing my things and I but I just was I wasn't as intentional. I wasn't as in tune with my health as I was then, as I am now. Excuse me. <laughs> so, I want to make sure that you are thinking about that as you are planning these hot girl summers. Are you going to stay intentional with your health, with your mental health? Because that is going to be critical for you to be able to navigate through. That's also going to be critical for you to stay in tune with yourself. Because when you're able to stay in tune with yourself, then you can tap into those areas of yourself that need to be exposed, that need to be talked about, that need to be shared so that you can be healed. Because I say it all the time, you cannot heal what you don't reveal. And that's one of the reasons why I love this book so much, because it creates space for vulnerability. It creates space to share our shames and to free ourselves from the things that have held us back. And it is just, it, it's, it's so critical, especially now. I mean, there's just so much going on with the Black experience as we continue to evolve and grow. But at the same time, it's it's now more heightened in a way because if you think about it, we are living in such a social world. We can see death just by turning on the television and watching the news, our deaths all the time. Or it'll travel through social media. It's like you're inundated with it. So the Black experience is being shaped and divine and designed, excuse me, by what is happening within the media. But at the same time, there's also an aspect of the Black experience that is not being discussed. And that is the trauma that we experience with these deaths. That's the trauma that we experience going out every day, just trying to exist in this world and navigate our circumstances because everyone's experience is different. But there is always still that undercurrent of stress, that undercurrent of microaggression, that undercurrent of just trying to exist and to be seen for who you are. And sometimes those those feelings can lead to resentments. And sometimes those resentments can lead to feelings of shame and frustration as to why I have allowed myself to be put into these situations. 
and why can't it be different? Or people could be dealing with situations in their lives. I mean, you just have no idea. And that goes across all racial lines because we are all going through something. But again, having that space, that vulnerability to talk about it, that's rare. And it is very rare that we talk about it from the Black experience. So I just wanted to make sure, again, that we we try to look at this time, especially in Mental Health Month, as a moment to really think about where we can tap more into our vulnerability, where we can tap into more of ourselves, into our resilience, because that's what we've been operating on, (laughs) just straight resilience, just that, that sheer understanding that we have to make it through. But now we are at this beautiful point where it's not just I have to make it through. I can make it through and actually heal myself. I can make it through and and do the work right now so that I can be better. And when I'm better, if I have children, I set up that stage for my children to be better. I don't have children, but I know that when I do the work and am vulnerable and tap into myself and give the best self, best version of myself to my family, I set up my family to be better. So it's, it's cyclical. Everything is working in tandem. So it is just so important that we create that space where we can be vulnerable. It is important to have people in your life that you can really speak to without shame, without fear, without regret. And don't get me wrong. I understand that there is not everybody is going to be that person. And you know what? That's okay. Just make sure that you get someone who can be. Even if it's not your coolest homegirl, your homeboy, your husband, your wife, or whatever, you have to find that person who will be that space for you that place where you can free yourself because you can't carry it all inside. When you carry it all inside and you keep going, that's how we break mentally. And breaking mentally is a lot harder to come back from than what you think. You know, a lot of people act like, oh, you can take a pill for this and that. No, you can. And in some instances, that is effective depending on what type of mental challenge or stress that you are going through. But that still doesn't erase the issue. That still doesn't mean that you don't have to do the work. The work will still need to be done. So you will still need to have that space, that person, that that outlet to help you be able to be weak and be vulnerable so that you can be the best person that you can, so that you can heal, so that you can grow. Because you are resilient, but you need to have someone or something that helps support that resiliency. We all need something. We all need someone. And, you know, I think a lot of people have the perception in society that that's not the case. Like, oh, you can make it on your own. You can be independent. Uh, I'm going to challenge that up a little bit. We all need somebody, you know, and you can go to God, you can go to your friends, you can go to your family, but you still have to tap into who you are so that you can be truthful about that. Because again, with shame comes a lot of hiding. And that's that's what shame is about. So you want to make sure that you are creating safe spaces 
where you can just truly be who you want to be and be vulnerable. So that's, again, why I wanted to talk about this book, because I've uh, had an opportunity to listen to an interview that Tarana Burt gave on another podcast, uh, Ratchet and Respectable, with Demetria Lucas. And she was talking about how challenging, um, or how she challenged, excuse me, uh, the correct the collective writers who contributed to the anthology anthology hope I said that correctly to really push past their first layers into the deepest darkest sides of their vulnerability because you know we all just we give a version of the story the first version that we give people and typically it's not as deep a lot of times as that we could go and then being able to really tap into someone to push them and say, nah, 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 you can give me more. Be really honest and be really truthful. Because you know, when you're dealing with vulnerability, when you're dealing with shame and resilience, it, that's that's deep work, very deep work. So that's why I said it's just, it's so important for you to have someone in your life who can challenge you and who can push you to do those deep work. I, I know for myself, it's it did it is because I tend to sometimes be that person or I've been that person where I will give you the surface because the surface is enough. But I do feel blessed that I, I feel like I have people in my life who will challenge me to be vulnerable, to just trust that because vulnerability is a very, like I said, very intimate thing. Very, very intimate. And I don't know when the last time you've been vulnerable, but just kind of think about that. Like, I mean vulnerable, really vulnerable. And because a lot of times when you're really, really vulnerable, that involves those, you know, those snot, tears, crying moments because you have tapped into the pain of the truth that you are dealing with. And... It's funny, I had a conversation with my uncle last night. We were talking about a vulnerable moment. And it was just literally, like he said, it was that snot, tear, cry moment because you knew not that you were angry that the person had tapped into that that side of you, to that pain, but because you knew that it was true, that ugliness inside of you or that pain moment inside of you and that's what brings the tears the ugliness the the hurt because you know that you are carrying something that is just way too much for you and the moment somebody hits it it's just like the floodgates open and you just want to free yourself from it and you want to admit it and you're at that point and you're getting it out in your tears and your emotions are telling the story for you And we were talking about how powerful that was because he has made a lot of changes in his life. And I was telling him how I'm so blessed that I get to enjoy him in this way now because I hadn't before. And um, we were just talking about some family things in general. And I just was saying to myself, you know, for him and I to be at this point, for for him to be so vulnerable vulnerable, excuse me, with me telling me, you know, what he had gone through and stuff like that. I just was, it touched me. 
and it and it tapped into my empathy again to remind me of how important it is never to judge someone for the circumstances that they're in because one God can change your life in an instant when a person makes the decision to be better to do better and they go to God in prayer for that assistance God can change it and he will change it when the time is right and never give up on that person and so I and and I just felt blessed by that lesson and blessed that I had this time and I think that more people need to have conversations with people like that where you get deep where you talk about stuff beyond the weather and just the nice little pleasantries of life where you talk about the experiences that you've had together and it doesn't always happen in every conversation so relax because you know some people are like oh my god every conversation just has to be heavy and deep and emotional it doesn't but at the same time you have to think about it time is short and fleeting and how many surface level conversations when you have with someone when you only have so much time with someone? My uncle is 66 years old and I didn't think at certain points he would ever be 66 years old. He didn't think he would ever be 66 years old. So when we're sitting here talking, we're talking about stuff that's real and true because we know time is precious and borrowed and what we have right now is special value those moments when you have interactions with people like that because as we are seeing time is not promised to anyone and unfortunately people I see a lot of people passing who are younger not necessarily just older and we don't want to we don't want to waste time if I've learned anything through COVID we don't want to waste time because I've seen people of all ages we've lost so many people you can't waste time So have conversations mixed in with some of the fun and the cute and the crazy conversations. Make sure you're having conversations of value. Make sure you're talking about the things that will leave lasting memories in your life that will teach you, that will grow you, that will force you to tap into your empathy, to your vulnerability, because those moments like that are creating space for you to grow and heal, but then at the same time for you to go out and help someone else grow and heal because you are tapping into a side of yourself, a lesson that you needed to learn, something that you got freed and healed from. That's the power of blessings We when we share, when we talk, when we are vulnerable, when we break through the walls of shame, that's where we are able to really give space and truth and opportunity for growth And that is critical to our survival as a person, but also as a society. We have to be able to understand that we can be weak and we can also help and learn and share and grow and be better. That's what this is all about. So I wanted to make sure that I talked about that, especially like I said, in National Mental Health Month, because there is just so much tied to vulnerability and shame and our experiences, especially in the Black community, because we don't really talk about the truth. I read last night in the book, um, a passage before I fell asleep, (laughs) where someone was talking about how in the Black family, 
you know, what happens in the household stays in the house. And I remember that I was raised with that same uh, philosophy. And let me kind of preface it because when I was raised with that philosophy, because I think of an experience I had when I was in the first grade, I had gone to school and the teacher, my teacher in the first grade I don't remember her too much, but I do remember her in the sense that she and I did not get along. And I know that probably sounds crazy that I can say in the first grade that I did not get along with my teacher, but I did not. My teacher found me to be a little too outspoken because I've said it before, but my parents raised my sister and I to be very independent thinkers and speakers and it is like the gift and the curse to them and they would probably my mother would probably say that is true now it is like the gift and the curse because that means that we had space to be able to speak our mind right wrong or indifferent to our family it was never about disrespect because we were always raised to be respectful but we were able to articulate our opinion even as children, to things that we liked and didn't like because my mother and father felt that it was extremely important as young Black women that we have the ability to speak our mind. We were always raised, my father always used to tell us, make sure you look someone dead in the eye and you tell them exactly what you think and you tell them with respect, but you let them know clearly how you feel. And you will never be wrong and always be honest and be truthful. So I remember we had had um, an issue and my teacher was mad at me. I think about something that I hadn't done in class, but long story short or short story long, um, I told her, well, you know, I did not have to listen to her because my mother and father told me that they're going to try to get me into another school because they didn't like the way that my teacher was addressing me. And my teacher, of course, proceeded to call my mother and father. And I, my mother and father also used to say they were so excited when I went to high school because my parents were tired of going to school every day about my sister and I. Like, they were like, I'm overwhelmed. Like, your teacher always wants to talk to me about something. And so, I'll, as a result of that conversation, um, I remember that my teacher put me in special education for language because she felt that I did not know how to properly speak. And I actually still have it because I found it on one of my report cards in the first grade. My teacher told my parents that she was worried about my future and that she did not think that I would ever amount to anything. Like she was she didn't even think I might gra- I I might not even graduate high school which is insanity. And my parents had to swallow that. Um, They went to school, they yelled and they fussed and fight, but you know, I'm a little bit of a seasoned person. So let's just say I grew up in the seventies. So by that time I was born, yeah, 73. So yeah, you know, I was a young, I was like in the late seventies, early eighties kind of child. So it was a different time in the educational system there. Let's say that. But luckily for her, she was dead wrong. And I would go ahead to uh, graduate from college, 
graduated from high school in the top 10% with honors. Thank you very much. As well as I've gone to college. So long story short, I carried that though for a little bit, like in my mind. And, um, like I said, it was, it taught my, my, it, it was a moment from there where my parents said to me going forward, I can't go to school and say what happens in how in our home to other people. Like, I can't do that. That was the foundation, excuse me, of why I was raised with, you know, what happens in this house stays in this house. Not because anything was happening wrong, but because it was for my inherent survival to be able to navigate life because people are not going to understand or be accepting of the fact that we are raised of certain th- ways that maybe we were raised during that time. So that's why I wanted to bring that out because that unfortunately is a generational thing that has occurred throughout the years, especially in the black family, about not being able to share what was going on. Yes, unfortunately, there are some black families that have some crazy stuff going on, but there are also some black families where a lot of times we are telling our children not to go out here and talk about what happens in our household because we're thinking about the long game. We're thinking about your survival because when you say things off cuff, you know, it just creates situations. And then that unfortunately creates a cycle of trauma because now you have trained your children to not be able to share what's going on in their home, which at times, depending on the circumstance, can contribute obviously to violence and to shame and to situations that may be occurring that are not true that are are not being revealed and so that has just been something that has permeated through the experience and that's covered in this book you are the best thing vulnerability shame resilience and the black experience and I think that that is one thing that people need to understand as black people we are conditioned to carry our pain and our resilience from childhood because a lot of times it's a matter of survival. And so as you were navigating life and growing and learning, that creates space where you cannot be your most vulnerable, honest self. And that has contributed to many mental health challenges within the Black experience. And that is something that people need to understand and recognize so that they can realize that we are dealing with many, many traumas, just like a lot of people are dealing with many, many traumas. But the only way for us to move through all the trauma, the only way for us to really get to a point where we can heal is that we have to have spaces and conversations like this where we get vulnerable, where we speak the truth. And where we give each other the opportunity to be heard. It's not always about being understood, but it's about being heard and having the opportunity to release that pain under the hopes that someone would learn from it, but that you are releasing it and you are rebuking shame, that you are giving space for vulnerability, that you are speaking truth, your truth and giving it power to heal versus power to to destroy. So there is a lot of truth in vulnerability. There is a lot of healing in releasing shame and understanding the power of resilience. So there is a lot of power and gems in this book, and I would totally recommend that you check it out.
But I would also totally recommend that you take this moment to think about what truths do you have inside of yourself that you are holding? What shame are you holding on to? Is this an opportunity for you to say, you know, I need to release this? And can you, do you have someone in your life that you can release it? Or have you even thought about, should I look at going to counseling, you know, getting therapy? There is no shame in talking to someone about our our problems and the things that we have gone through. Everyone deserves that space. And even if you're not at that point, could you write it down? Can you give your pain words so that you can see it and make and do a ritual, either burn it or save that letter and freeze it or do something to free that from inside of you so that you can grow and so that you can be better, so that you can heal. Because everything is not to be laid out for the world. I understand that too. But you have to lay it out for yourself so that you can heal from it because that is the most important part of all of this. So just understand you are your best thing and you deserve to be able to cultivate more of those best things, more of those best feelings by releasing your truth and that by releasing your truth, you will not break, but you will heal, you will shine, you will grow and you will give space and opportunity for someone else to grow because your truths Your vulnerabilities impact other people around you. And when you are are aware of them and in control of them, they won't control you. So that's this week's episode. I will, again, I'm going to link uh, You Are Your Best Thing uh, by Tarana Brown and Brene Brene Brown. Toronto Burke and Brene Brown, I can't believe I messed that up, I apologize, in the show notes. It is an amazing book. I'm halfway through it. Believe it or not, yes, I am still reading this book. There are so many wonderful stories in here, and it's just so beautiful. I would recommend that you check it out. I would also recommend that you check out Brene Brown's other works as well. She has been really doing a lot of foundational work in regards to empathy and truths and vulnerability. So there's some really great books there for you to check out as well as Tarana has other books as well in regards to her journey. This is just such an impactful time. Just find some resources, connect so that you can live your best life. I know it's hard. You can't let everybody speak into your life, but speak into yourself. Give that yourself that space in healing and therapy it's nothing wrong with it. I'm just, I'm going to say that therapy is a powerful thing and you got to trust that it will give you an opportunity to create great space. So just think about it. No, not trying to push anyone one way or the other, but just something to think about. I want to thank you for listening this week. I really appreciate, again, your continuous support. I am pulling and praying for each of you. I am believing great things for you. Take care of yourself. Be gentle with yourself. Love on you this weekend because you deserve it. I will be back next week because, yes, next week is not Memorial Day just yet. I'm trying to start to be more intentional and give myself rest when I need to on my holidays. But I think I'm going to be back next week. So I'm looking forward to talking to you guys All of my information will be in the show notes. 
please don't forget to like, share, subscribe, review. I value your feedback. I've got some great things cooking. And I will talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye.